Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Around the NFL podcast. Signed Geno Smith to a record setting deal. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I am Dan Hansis. And I come to you in a studio filled with some heroes Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, and a very special guest. I believe this is her third time on our program, and we're very happy to have her. The great Mina Kimes. What's up, Mina? Hi. I was trying to remember when my last appearance took place. It was definitely Mm pre-pandemic. In person. You did do some pandemic shows. I I remember you did one with Colleen and Claybon one week. And there was one with the the three of us. Right. Okay. Inner Monologues was a fun one. Inner Monologues. It's a very strange In person, you made an impression that first time. Well, speaking of being in person, I have seen Greg, but I haven't seen you two in person For the listeners who don't have the visual, you guys look tan. Mm. You all look like you have been vacationing like in the Mykonos or however you say (laughs) it or uh, something. I I have... Attempted to put sunscreen on daily, and it does not seem to affect affect no, no, what's no. happening. Tan. I didn't say burned. I feel burned. Right. You I look feel great. hot all the time. I don't mean hot. I mean hot. He, he like, fell asleep at hot. a Hollywood hotel pool uh, for like six hours, and he still two, has that two day. months ago. Yeah. Um, it legit that burns my burn. calves. And I'm like, continuing my transition to become my father, which is. Uh, I'm working outside and working up a lather in the sun, stupidly not wearing a hat or any. They just <laughs> freckly. I get those that's freckles. The, it's I get those. The Irish too. and me coming out. Anyway, Mina, you know Mina Kimes. Mina's a star. NFL on ESPN. She's all over the place. Mina Kimes show. Uh, and what a treat this is for football fans. Really, let's be honest, the world over, to have a single podcast with two. Of the top 10 analysts in pro football, (laughs) well, four, really, according to the London-based prestige publication, The Guardian, Sessie made it, Sessler. I mean, how about that guy? Who is that guy? (laughs) Mina number two. top 10 football insider. Damn right he is, Dan Levitard. Uh, Mina number two, 
ATN number seven. And, you know, not since, I mean, uh, the Stephen Urkel uh, showed up on Full House in 91. Has there been a crossover <laughs> episode with mm. this much juice, this much appeal? So I'm Urkel. Well, or you could be that or Stephanie <laughs> Tanner. I mean, it's your choice. Urkel feels like the move. Breakout star. Uh, kind of you've become bigger than the ESPN NFL mm. operation. You're, you're such a star mm. there. Like Urkel overshadowed all the Winslows. Yeah, I like that. No, no, I liked Urkel is my <laughs> podcast Mina. Stefan is television Mina. Ooh, oh, I like that. Little, Stefan little Urkel sure. for yeah. people that get those references. Um, I hope so. Uh, and by the way, I know you've been a regular um, visitor on the Dan Lebertard show with Stu Gotts. Do you want to... Some people call me the peacemaker on this show. I smooth things over when, when necessary, Greg and whatever whoever he's feuding with any given month. Um, the You heard Stu Gotts there, of course. Uh, maybe you should hear it again. But, little, but I think it deserves another. A little yeah. context. Yeah. They were making fun of Mark for some reason. Well, for he made it. Sessler. I mean, how about that guy? Who is that guy? He's a top 10 football insider. I don't think we needed the context. I think it's all laid out. But, uh, Mina, do you do you want to play Peacemaker in this scenario? Okay. I don't know why he singled you out, to be honest, out of the group, personally. I, I, I want to think it's random, but I, part of me thinks maybe not. Targeted. I think, yeah. I, knowing Stu Goss, and I know him pretty well, I think it's your name. He probably just thought Sessy or whatever. Yeah. What did he say? Sessy. He called Sessy. him Sessy. And that is 1,000% that he likes... He would just zero it in on your name. He saw the nickname potential. You guys have names that are not easily mocked in the same mm. way. I think that's probably it. That's I, I, don't, I wouldn't take that's, it personally. No, that's, that's a logical, generous yeah. way to look at it because there's a lot of people on the list. Now, I guess it could have just been any of the three of us, but he chose you know one of us. as. Let's the not twist person. the knife, Greg. We've been down this road. <laughs> but J.B. Long, when we were at Rams camp, was very complimentary mm. of you, and I feel like that kind of made it even Steven in a lot of ways. I think he was attempting to curry favor, um, but I, he already had my favor, so um, <laughs> I, you know, I appreciated it. All right, Mina. Another another Rams employee here doing the preseason games this year with with Andrew Whitworth. Yes, That's very nice. exciting. Yes, I wanted to. Uh, I went to Rams camp. I want to say a week ago, actually, from today, and Siciliano was there. One of the Andrews, but Big Andrew. Sorry, I'm not trying to refrain from calling them Big and Little Andrew, but Big Andrew. <laughs> well, one is big. Was I think he's enormous? Um, I wanted to do a group photo where I like cut his head off. I had like a whole humorous, but he wasn't, he didn't make it that day. Mm. So yeah, he wasn't able to do that. <laughs> circle back around on that. You know, but um, yeah, so check out also Mina on Rams preseason telecast. She's all over the place. Uh, today's show, fun. Greggy, you're excited because we're going to talk some over-unders on the 2022 season. We're going to do it with a little twist, a little pizzazz, do a draft style. So we're all, all four of us are going to take turns picking over-unders that we're comfortable with going one way or the other, obviously. And then uh, we'll track these. These are things we'll track and, and circle back to um, later uh, in the season. But before that, let us hit the news. Thank you, everybody. It's great to see you today. And I'd like to thank Roger uh, Goodell, uh, Commissioner Goodell. Mm. Roger Goodell. What, what is the background there, Mark? Well, that is the, um, that's Rob Walton, the new Broncos owner. And that was his introductory, you know, greeting to the fans in, in the world. And he utterly botched the uh, but name of the commission. That's an amazing flex. Did he botch it, though? Yes, that's, yeah. a, that's a power move. That's <laughs> I mean, a power I mean, move. I mean, he's, he's worth $70 billion, so, is, it, you know. Right. He is worth something like three times as much as any previous NFL owner. And that wasn't like, 
oh, I'm nervous speaking in front of people and said his name wrong. He said it multiple times. He just doesn't know the man. He does not know Roger Goodell. Also, let's name. understand the hierarchy <laughs> of our league. Yeah. Uh, he's Rog's boss. That's true. So he, sure. I remember we had a, a really bad boss a long time ago in the newsroom who's no longer with us. Well, he's still on the planet, but I don't know where he is anymore. Good luck to him, whatever he's doing. Um, <laughs> it was his first day, and he was very much, um, you know, laying. He, made, he was making it clear in the newsroom with this energy that he was the boss, and he was looking to fire people, and he was looking to clean clean up the ship and make it his own. And I was like, oh, geez. So we were very young. Yeah, uh, a, copy a, a bellowing voice uh, intentionally. You know? And I was like, oh, shit, I better go up to this guy right. and introduce myself, uh, you know, and play the game. Corpo game, you know. So I go up to him. I say, "Hi, how you doing? Uh, nice to meet you. I'm Dan." And he just looks at me, and he goes, "Do you have a last name?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God, this is gonna be horrible." Well, and it was. That invites, I think, the obvious question, which is, did Roger Goodell correct him? Because, okay, so so someone whose mm. name has been mispronounced since the day I, you know, entered this earth. Um, <laughs> I, until recently, maybe until adulthood, when adults would say my name, teachers, referees, authority figures would say my name wrong, I would just let it, let it slide. What did you get? What were the... Oh, my God. Kimes? No, no, my first name. Oh. Both, really. Mina? I got some Kimes. Mina, Mina is a really common one. Man, Straight Mi up Mina. Mina, you've, got, you've not dealt with not... I mean, the, the person saying Mina has not dealt with a lot of our language, if that's what they're coming out with. But. <laughs> Nina, even though it's right there. But I wouldn't... Being mm. the beta that I am would never correct them. Oh, Goodell's so. not. Goodell's not correcting him. Not even privately. That's too embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, to Rob Walton, apparently, Goodell is just an underling, so there, it would be hazardous to correct him. Um, anyway, a new owner enters the NFL. Let's uh, get to the news, starting with bad news around my Jets. Why can't the Jets get through in August without something awful happening? I don't know what that's all about, but Mackay Becton, the former first-round pick who missed most of last year with a knee injury, the hope was he was going to kick over to the right side of the line and get things back on track. Well, that's not going to happen because um, he suffered a fractured right kneecap during Monday's uh, practice, and the injury, according to Rap Sheet, is one that will likely end his season. Um, Robert Sala talking about Becton, who's obviously been scrutinized and criticized uh, for work ethic and other issues. Uh, Sala came to his defense uh, on with social media in this world we we um dehumanize these athletes in the worst way imaginable and uh makai has walked in this building and he has taken every single punch you can get from every which way and he shows up and he works his tail off and he grinds every single day he shows up to camp and he's fighting to get himself back in shape. He's got videos of him vomiting and people are throwing shade and he's limping and he's doing all those different things and he's fighting to, for this, for his family, for himself, for his teammates, for this organization, for this fan base and he's doing everything. And then everybody wants to drop him like a, a, a wet rag. That ain't the case. There's a lot of frustration, Mina, around Becton amongst Jets fans because he was so tantalizing when he was on the field as a rookie and now you wonder what the future holds. Uh, Sala said that we love Makai. His ride is not over, but this is another huge setback. A huge setback for him personally and obviously the organization, given that he was such a high draft pick. But I would venture to say for Jets fans, if Dwayne Brown 
steps in his left tackle. That that, that seems to be he seems to be the seems prohibitive favorite. He's direction. there. I don't think it's that much of a downgrade for Zach Wilson this year. If you have Dwayne Brown manning the left side, George Fant, who's been rejuvenated in New York, uh, on the right side, that's not a bad tackle combo. I, I, I see Jets fans panicking about this season. Oh, this is going to set back Zach Wilson. And I don't think it's that bad if Brown plays. He played at a pretty high level last year and has been good for a long time. They're just getting those former Seahawks. I mean, no, their offensive line is a strength. It, the Dwayne Brown thing is a little strange to me. Joe, Joe Douglas was quoted saying on Tuesday that it's like the wheels are in motion. I mean, I've never seen a free agent spend like a scrimmage on the sidelines before (laughs) signing and then had like a two-day sit-down. My only uh, guess could be that Dwayne Brown doesn't want to sign until the official training camp portion of training camp is over, which is now, basically. It's it's today, Wednesday. Training camps are generally ending around the league. And that he's going to join the team. He just didn't want to like do it too far in front of the season. Or else none of this really makes sense. But yeah, if you have Dwayne Brown... That's that's probably about the median expectation or better of what you could have possibly expected uh, from Beckton, except he's a lot more reliable. You actually expect him to play. I, I think if you're a Jets fan, because I, I think you're right. If, you, if Dwayne Brown signs and he's adequate, you're good. Uh, they, but they're reading things like this from The Athletic. It said, after a completion to Denzel Mims, Wilson was sacked on four consecutive dropbacks. On a few of them, so many pass rushers got to Wilson that it would be unfair to even credit one player. I just feel it's like... It all, the wreckage of August for Jets fans has been long. It's been storied. And can you get out of this with an adequate offensive line? If so, that would be a major victory for the I, Jets. I think the Jets could have potentially a good offensive line. That was a bad practice. There's been plenty of positives. It's been much better than past August in terms of practice reports. Remember the green and white scrimmage a year or two ago when they got shut out by like the second team defense? Like there have been positives. And I think no, with it's like, no, nobody remembers <laughs> that except right. for you and other Jets oh, fans. Uh, we remember. Iconic moment. Uh, but I will, I will say. Snoopy Bowls, though. Can you, you could, there are Snoopy Bowl losses. Yeah. Um, this is for Jets fans that are even more optimistic than me. This could be seen as a crushing loss because you're imagining the version of Beckton that was going to play this year was the guy that flashed in 2020. You're like, oh, he was going to be that guy. But there are a lot of bad vibes around Becton, obviously, uh, going into this mm. season and last year. So, yes, I'm with you, Mina. This could be something they can recover from, but obviously disappointing. But the team seems to have come around and, and appreciate Mackay's like, effort this over the past 40 Sounds days. Sounds like he, he busted his ass to get back into shape. We seem motivated. Remember they're that trying t-shirt? to be nice you know? humans to him. Then the financial aspect is going to come up right. quickly on them next well, year because they'll have they to. They won't dec- pick up. That they'll option. decline his fifth-year yeah. option, and it might partly be because their defensive line is so good. That's the number one reason I'm, you know, excited about the Jets. Is like they're so deep up front. Maybe that's why they're crushing the. Are uh, they going to be in your line? over under draft? Do you have them? Hmm. No, I don't. I. I don't feel right, well, that strongly hold about the, thought. the Jets. I'm just saying, like, when I saw like Jacob Martin is, like, their seventh defensive yeah, lineman, I'm like, dang, they're pretty deep. Another former Seahawks legend. In other news, NFL Network's rap sheet reports Bears linebacker Roquan Smith has requested a trade. We all know uh, Mark uh, Smith's ability and the fact that the Bears are rebuilding. You would want a 25-year-old to be part of the rebuilding process, but he, there is some bad blood and it goes back to some negotiations that he feels haven't been done in good faith. Well, he's his own agent. And I, I think part of that would be, you know, the Bears, on obviously a new regime, they they want, Ryan Poles says we want to keep him. They, they, they did make an offer. I think you're looking at 
somewhere between Shaq Leonard and Fred Warner on where like this contract would go. And I wonder if you're your own agent that, you know, you're hearing stuff that your agent would protect you from. Like we, we do value you, but there are aspects of your game and our, and what we're going to do with our defense. And with, with Fred Warner and Shaq Leonard, those were existing regimes that knew what those players were and knew that what they would do in their scheme. I think with Roquan Smith, it's gotten a little rocky because this is a team in a rebuild that can't really project what Roquan Smith will be exactly in the in the new defense. Maybe it's because I had to do 10 shows about where Debo would go, but I just Ew. don't want to play this game no, of no. like believing a trade request, um, especially when I, I do think the team is going to try to keep him uh, for a few reasons. I, Robert Quinn makes sense for this team to trade because I do think they could get something pretty sizable back from him. They're obviously not a contender. He's 32 years old. Roquan Smith, I don't think they would get huge return. Um, mm. Some of that's just positional value to me and, and destinations. And you've got a defensive head coach who's coming from Indianapolis where the star of his defense was a will linebacker, Darius Leonard. I have to think he's coming in. He sees Roquan Smith, who is the best player on this defense, outside of Quinn, as the centerpiece. It just doesn't seem like Ibrufus, obviously he's not making the Shot, calling the shots here, but I just don't really think he'd want to move on from this particular player. I, I saw some analysis, and I think it was Sam Monson, although sometimes the PFF guys blend together. I apologize Whoa. for that. Wow. I'm just saying, wow. like, well, here's, they all have PFF wow. in the in the Twitter name, so you're, like, out picking up your Still, da- daughter at beach Fuck camp you, or whatever, Brent. and you just see a tweet. It's just like, it sort of, of runs. Yeah, it of sort of run, runs into each other. But... The, the idea was like, I, it makes sense that they're not going to extend too far to sign Roquan Smith. He's an off-ball linebacker. And like by the time uh, they're actually good, like that's not a position that you pay a lot of money for. And I totally disagree just because I think it's it's much harder, as the Bears have shown, to find players that are worth spending on than it really is to work around the salary cap. And they have virtually no players to spend big money on. And this is one of them. Like, the point is to keep your good players. Don't they have, like, $500 million in cap space next year? They're, they're, yeah, they are set up to make a lot of moves. But, I mean, Ryan like Poles is Giants, saying we want to like keep them. like a sneaky, cheap, big market team that ultimately they don't spend as much money as they possibly could, especially this year. We mentioned Shaquille Leonard. I don't Greg. Oh, right. pardon me, Shaquille. Yeah, you admit. Yeah. Oh, you said Darius? I said Darius. Uh, All right. That's a it's, fine. It's like the Washington football team tax. You, San you Diego. Can, initially, yeah. yeah, you get it. Yeah, Los Angeles Chargers, you get a little leeway. I think there has I mean, to be like an acceptance that it's going to take people time. It's like when you were young in the in the year, you have to put your date on your schoolwork every day. Sure. And, the, and the year would flip and it would take me to like January 25th to figure out what was going on with the year. I also think Washington football team is fine to just keep. Like you can just keep saying that. People get it. Yeah, you don't need it, to, it works. You don't need it's to still move on. It's technically standard. true. Uh, so we mentioned Shaquille Leonard. He had the back surgery, and you know the hope was he's going to be ready to go, but he still doesn't have a timetable. And people should know that follow our league. It's August 10th. It's my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, Emily. Happy birthday, Happy Emily. Birthday. I'm going to pick up some Prosecco and some nice cheese. Emily. I've been told not to. Creep. I've been told not to talk about your wife, so I will. Uh, well, respectfully, now, you can. Justin isn't yeah. normally yeah. that creepy. That was a callback right. to a time before when he was creepy. Notice how I said my wife's name, Emily, and then when you brought up your girlfriend's name, it was Jessica, and it I, freaked everybody. I out. continue to think this is being over exaggerated. I don't think never, so. It's never happened. I don't think so. 
Anyway, we are getting to the point. Mina's like, can I call a cab and get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> We're getting to the point on the calendar uh, where these injuries, we're getting closer to week one. So with the fact that Derek, Shaquille Leonard doesn't have a timetable, Mina, that's not great for the Colts who really need him in the middle of their defense. Yeah, this injury freaks me out a little bit. Um, and, you know, back generally, but then when you hear the, the back might be connected to the ankle, I, I hope I'm not misrepresenting. I, I'm most definitely misrepresenting the actual medical nature of what's going on. But it is one of those injuries when you read every report, it, it does make you a little nervous just because it doesn't seem as clear cut as maybe some others. Um, and then, of course, yeah, where we are in the season, I would be worried. Um, I like this Colts defense a lot. I think the front could be really exciting. It's Gus Bradley. We know what he wants to do. Uh, but if you take out Leonard, even though you know they've got a couple of other decent linebackers there, I it loses a lot of the sizzle for me. Right. Plus, like exciting might not be the word that like fans of the last few Gus Bradley teams would would use to describe right. his defenses. They struggled. And so, you know, Matt Eberflus gets gets a job elsewhere. And the the wording around this, it was our Cam Wolf, uh, who I believe has been a guest on the, the Mean and Time show featuring Lenny. Uh, as a, it was our Cam Wolf, I think, that sort of broke this, that that the wording around Darius Leonard is at some point during the season. It doesn't. Oh, wow. It, to me, the like, and, and this is going back to the surgery, reading between the tea leaves, like, he's pretty likely, I think, to start on PUP and that he, there's certainly no guarantee that he's even coming off PUP after four games when he's first allowed. So a Gus Bradley defense, which is the Seahawks defense, works if you have stars, right? And they do have stars on this team. Yeah. You've got Stephon Gilmore now back. You know, Rocky Sin left. They Who brought they say has been like dominating in practice. And I, I still like he's pre-injury form, basically. I mean, I, you know, you think of him as being more of a man. Uh, corner, but this is obviously going to be primarily cover three. But you do, he has both. I think you do need like a shutdown corner. Uh, and then you need that four man rush. They do have a four man rush. They've got DeForest Buckner on this side, who's better than any interior defender the Raiders had. And then ideally, you'd have, okay, well, who's the Bobby Wagner? That's Leonard. But if you take out any of those stars, the defense doesn't really protect its players and it suddenly starts to fall apart, which is what we've seen in his recent stops. I like it when the Seahawks fan and Mina kind of comes out. Like, he's, she's got to stand Listen, up for this Gus. Listen, this is the only defense... <laughs> no, I'm not standing up for it. This is the only defense in the NFL left that plays this way, yeah. right? None, none, all of the former Pete Carroll disciples, including Pete Carroll himself, has embraced a Fangio-style defense in Seattle this year. Gus Bradley is the last... Oh, Joe. So, <laughs> so who gets whispers? Just Vic Fangio and our producer's girlfriend. Okay. That's and literally the, the latter one is a both new development. Where yeah. is Vic Fangio right now? He's got to be like... Vic's cash and checks. He's got to be grumbling. It just can't be a happy um, sitting on the sideline. Good news for both Mark Sessler and Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, whose use of the uh, drink ayahuasca, which is... Uh, <laughs> hallucinogenic. Right, hallucinogenic. yeah. Drink is an interesting... From the earth. During an off-season retreat is not considered a violation of the NFL's drug policy. Rogers talked about it on the Aubrey Marcus podcast. Uh, he went to Peru, maybe with Mark, maybe not. Why is this good news for me, according um, to you? And uh, he won the MVP before <laughs> that season and then won it again after that. And according to this write-up on ESPN, ayahuasca is defined as a, and Mark can tell you this, but as a psychoactive beverage <laughs> native to South America and is often used for religious, ritualistic, or medicinal purposes so mark this is this is excellent 
excellent news <laughs> for the Packers and the MVP, and of course for you and your continued employment here. I'll accept it. I mean, it's from the earth. I don't think it should be on a banned list. Um, <laughs> he's not taking it during, uh, you know, game preparation or game right. weeks. It seems to be when he's off on his own in Peru and stuff. Like in Hollywood at a right, hotel. Right, that's self exploration or, yeah. or, or or in a hotel. He said uh, it was the best day of his life. Better than winning the Super Bowl. Have you ever, has, if you've ever taken mushrooms, I will just say this. Right, this go goes on. back many, many years. Um, you are put into a different reality, and I can totally understand. Also what, from the earth. Also from the earth. And I, I can see why he would call an experience like that the most mind-blowing experience. Right. He said, he said when he opened his eyes, it felt like opening his eyes. It was a wild interview. And then the host, this, it was a guy named Brandon Marcus. I had to listen to this because I don't know. It just it sounded so wild. Aubrey he Marcus? Said, he said it. From the Aubrey Marcus podcast? Okay, I guess that's it. I, Brandon <laughs> Marcus. Just another Brandon PFF Marcus. guy with a beard, Greg. <laughs> Brandon Brandon's Marcus a was a, a former producer of He our, still works yeah. here. I yeah. saw him today at the commissary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, he said it felt like having 100 hands all touching you at the same time. And I wasn't sure if he meant like literally there were 50 people there because he said it was a big group thing, but it felt like a hundred hands on you all oh at once and God. it felt like pure love. Yeah, that I was never that dude like in college uh, and I got scared off when um, a buddy of mine told me that he went down this road of, you know, natural products uh, from the earth <laughs> and uh, he said that uh, – Jay Leno on TV was the devil talking to him. I was like, all right, I'm going right, to stick to uh, Bud the, Light. The host yeah. answered his story by saying that when he took ayahuasca, he like imagined every different way to die possible, most of which like included bugs like crawling yeah. out of his eyes. I had so a friend a thing. Um, trying to convince a group of us in a farmhouse when this occurred that his father um, invented two objects, one TV guide, which was not true, <laughs> and two wood. And, but he what? made a convincing case. For a amount of time. I feel like we were talking tra- – I had a beautiful two or three weeks kind of taking acid what? on and off for like 20 years ago. And it was it was great. It was fun. Mina, your turn. <laughs> no. No. Mina's like, I'm literally the biggest star in NFL media. I got to get out of here. Let's take a, a quick break, finish the news, and then uh, get to everything else. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right. Welcome back. What is where is the Mina Fame Meter at? By the way, I know this might make you uncomfortable, but I'm just curious. You're Low. here with us. Low. Two years since we last saw you all together here. Like, if you go to Chipotle or something, are people like, "Hey, Mina, do you get that a lot here in LA?" It, sports bars, definitely sports bars. Well, you're probably on one of the televisions at the sports bar too, half the time. I would say airport sports bars yeah. too is probably mm. that's airport sports bar in the middle of that of that Venn diagram and you know the airport <laughs> sports bar just can't I love that. yeah can't handle that um, seems annoying pretty low though that, I don't know I had trouble getting in here that that's true we did I didn't we did not know the security procedures did you hit him with a don't you know who I am <laughs> you're the first outside the building guest uh, we've had so uh, no yeah, Greg observed firsthand maybe this is a little bit connects to what I said about my name, my uh, meek obedience uh, in, in any situation where I'm confronted with a, a barrier. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I probably shouldn't be here. You know, <laughs> I'll drive home. Where right. <laughs> we, we have a similar sort of fame, but it's just only directly outside of a London football game stadium. Right. We're NFL basically game. the that's Beatles right during there. Hard Day's Night. And that's Very hard. Hard. Exactly. Very hard. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, finally in the news. Yes. The Hard Knocks. Training camp with the Detroit Lions season premiere was Tuesday night. Of course, you know the listeners that Colleen Wolf and I launched a new podcast, which you could check out in this very feed. Um, so I don't want to um, say anything else about it because I've said enough. But I'm curious if you mm. guys watched it and if you had any takeaways. Let's play a little bit from our friend Dan Campbell from the premiere. The last thing I'm going to say is this. There is no light at the end of the tunnel. There is no light. There's a song Metallica has, No Leaf Clover, and it says, man, when it comes to the soothing light at the end of your tunnel, it's just a freight train coming your way. So if you're seeing a fucking light, it's a freight train. Just put your head down and go to work. It's about to be fun, man. It's about to be fun. Oh. Wait, but it's not gonna be fun. There's a <laughs> freight train coming. Oh, no! What does that mean? I'm a little afraid. I love the when they were showing the crowd there, the, the Lions, you know, players there, because there were a couple that looked like they were ready to run through a mm-hmm. wall. Their eyes were so big. But there was another couple because you know, this is the you know humanity, just say, of yeah, humanity. Off, that kind of looked looked like I feel like I would have looked in that scenario. It was like confused. That was like, wait a second. Does that mean we're all gonna die? <laughs> like, what is that? What does this analogy mean? I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I hear your point on that. Like some were totally locked in, and some were kind of like, it's "What is very, this guy like, talking about?" I'm not a uh, scholar in the Metallica realm, but that's a lot of James Hetfield's lyrics 
or it's not the most optimistic way to look at things. And that's real. I, yeah, it's fair. I'm wondering what he was actually trying to say there. I've been like real hot and cold on hard knocks, depending on right. the team, the personality of the team. This is the one um, based off the first episode that appeals to me more than any other of its previous iterations. And it mm. has to do for me with um, I think the characters in this on this team are fueled by language. Dan Campbell, like he feels to me like um, a, a beat poet on the mind altering drugs that we discuss who completely loses his way verbally, but then comes back and finds his yeah. way mm-hmm. and the crowd responds. And it's like you're rooting for him. And I love the way he speaks. And Jamal Williams um, I just feel his heart beating out of his chest the way oh he speaks goodness. to the team. And they just seem unified and fun and real to me. And I know that we were on that Detroit Lions thing a couple summers ago, and that train went right off the tracks. I'm kind of back on. I don't really care what the result is, win-loss-wise. This is kind of why I became a football fan way back when, mm. when you, you didn't know as much about the personalities back then, but they were dynamic people. You are a free agent in the NFL fan. That's you? a stretch. I'm just saying I'm enjoying watching them. I'm enjoying the experience. What's the stretch? To pick up the Lions oh, is my I next. Okay. But you're a free agent. I. You're still. Are you a restricted free agent? Are you unrestricted? Are you what? just not gonna? Are you on the reserve? I'm like a plan list? B free agent from like 1989. <laughs> Who's been trying to court you the hardest? No one. Yeah, we, weirdly, this hasn't come up. It's, like not, he, it's literally, he, literally nobody. He's no. divorced from the Browns, but sort of no one totally believes take it. So we a, haven't even take, thought about the idea of you a, rooting for another team. Take up the Chargers. They would let you like yeah. walk the whatever you want there. They'd probably give you a jersey with your name also, on it. Also, we live here. That's a good sell. You have jersey young, with your name on it. Yeah, yeah, Justin is, Herbert. I don't want a jersey with another man's name on it, so I would ask if it could be me. Yeah, I understand. And you, I'd pick a number. Like instantly vote. To the top ten Chargers super fans, Justin, like it would not take. True. I'm not trying to diss the Chargers. No, we know the score, but like they're they would looking for that type of brace. You, they're looking for that, right? Uh, Mark, you got to come on the uh, Benched with Panetta podcast and pick a, a favorite team with Rachel. I think oh, that because she's, she's also going through this right now. So mm. the same team, not the same team, but you guys can just like discuss these. I this would happily have that discussion. Let's try that like next week or something. Okay. That'd be fun. I think this Hard Knocks has the thing you alluded to that makes the good Hard Knocks good, which is the charismatic coaches, not just Campbell, Aaron Glenn. Mm-hmm. Deuce. Deuce, I mean, this coaching staff is Deuce just Staley. Deuce Staley, just overflowing with charisma. You think back to what I think is the best Hard Knocks, the Jets, Rex Ryan Hard Knocks, where uh, Darrell Rebus held out. Rex Ryan, car- Rex Ryan carried that Hard Knocks. The Browns won from a few years ago with um, that one. Hugh Jackson. No, the oh the, co- the, the coach, offensive line coach yeah, who like yeah. captured oh, America's yeah. sort of a sweetheart. Tony Wiley was it? Yeah, yes, who would jiggle his stomach comically. Um, also, Greg Williams was there, so it was like you had a super <laughs> villain Williams, on the staff yeah, too, yeah. right? Saying wild <laughs> stuff. I think, and then I, I will just say I was, I got a little chills when Aiden Hutchinson was got the whole team singing. Mm. I, I, that, that, you know, nice I, I mean, I felt myself being manipulated emotionally. I'm like, oh, don't. Don't say this means Aiden Hutchinson is a leader. But then I, I, I looked at my arm. The goosebumps were there. Just saying he might have that it factor. That's what this team does. Um, yes. By the way, your pod I listened to this morning. Like, every, everyone should. Oh, it was excellent. Well, you and Colleen have great chemistry, but it was a thorough, thorough recap. And uh, I thought you did an A-plus job. We had a lot of fun. We're using a vector voting system for choosing the MVP based on how um, – MLB chooses their MVP. As you know, Greg, the AP NFL MVP, it's just 50 guys get one vote each. Right. And And that is lame. But vector voting assigns like a weighted scoring system. So we're doing a first, second, and third place vote for each episode. And then 
Graver will be tabulating, and then we'll have mm-hmm. a Hard Knocks MVP mm. that just locked and loaded. I'm so excited about naming the MVP. I did notice that during the course of the first episode, Gravedigger what w- received about 25 additional jobs to actually producing the show, <laughs> including getting you Detroit pizza, um, but a lot of math because, like, you, Colleen, and Dan are not into the math no. <laughs> side of things. No, uh, yeah, he's already got us some merch, so we're already off to a great start. All right, that's enough. And by the way, lots of uh, NFL UK around the NFL fans asking when can they see Hard Knocks. Uh, it's on NFL Game Pass on Fridays. So there you go. So if you want to set aside the Hard Knocks podcast until you could watch it, totally makes sense to me. It's an evergreen product. There you go. All right, let's get to it. Let's see. I got on my notes here. I had the plug there, the UK note. Break. I had Mina fame. I checked in on that. And now let's get to over-unders on the 2022 season. Um, Greg, do you want to like set the table on this one? Because I know this is near and dear to your heart. The ayahuasca uh, for Greg's heart is over-unders and gambling in general. Well, that's not true. We're not allowed to under league policy, but we are going to take a look. I believe our, our uh, trusty friend Sean Kelly printed out some over-unders from DraftKings, and we're just going to pick in a draft style. And, Justin, I don't know if you have ran do a way to like randomize the draft order for us on oh, air. Oh, Digger's got that under we, control. We, we haven't really spoken about this. Um, but the idea would be that we all draft, not in a snake draft, just like an NFL draft. You know, Same it. order the whole time. And we take the over-unders that we feel the most strong about. So and we'll keep track of this. So if, if for some reason you think, let's say – I'm trying to think of one that no one's going to take. But, like, the, the, the Bills over 11 and a half is, like, your number one pick of the year. And that would be your first draft pick. And we'll we'll track this during the season. So draft order is very important here, um, hmm. I would think. Uh, if, if you we have something all, if that we you're all agree, If we all agree. Let's certainly. try to do, like, at least three each and see where we are time-wise. Mina yeah. has 400 shows she has to do after this. So we well, want to well, be what respectful do we win? of her. What does the winner win materialistically? Uh, uh, you just – the respect of your peers and the audience. Why does everything have to have a money I mean, value? I feel like Mark. hopefully I already have those things, but <laughs> maybe not. Sandwich. I mean, what if Stugatz is listening? Yeah, oh, that's true. Can I come back if I win? Yeah, there yes. it is. You that's, can come back. With we'll get especially if you, maybe, if you were to lose, we would definitely want maybe you to come Nick back. Maybe Nick Fortier, who does keep track of uh, Go Get My Lunch, which is our yeah. our, our annual preseason um, predictions, could add this to uh, GoGetMyLunch.org. And yes, a new tab. We're just giving everyone work to do. <laughs> Not doing a damn thing ourselves. Right. Yeah, you, you do get a, a free Summer's lunch here over. at the NFL huddle. Ah, Mina, free lunch at the HUD. As we all do. <laughs> I thought I was going to get that anyway. Yeah, but yeah, we you already know, pitched that. You can come back again. You can come back anytime you're in the Inglewood area. I was at a, uh, a long time ago when I worked at MLB.com. There was a Christmas party with an open bar. And uh, former Yankees catcher Jim Laritz worked at the time uh, with the uh, company. And I was at the bar and Jim, Jimmy Laritz was next to me. And there were some like attractive women to his right. And he literally turned to them and said, hey, can I buy you a drink? And, and the girl was like, it's an open bar. And then she just walked away. <laughs> Still hit that hang slider from Mark Wallers, though, in 96. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Graver, do you want to do the automized draft? I'm sure there's a website or something you're working off here. Yeah, let's, something else uh, more crude? let's generate a, a random list here. Here we go. I suppose we could have just been nice and let our guests Ooh, just nice. uh, pick I would. First, I but, think yeah. I thought about that. Well, but maybe after Mina randomize it. No, no it's We're fine. in too deep. I don't need to go first. We would have missed right. that sound effect. We have a list. Okay. Greg, 
Mina, Mark, Dan. Son of a. <laughs> and it does. I don't get a snake either. No, no. I don't. You know that's what? That's not fair. You, I, you said no snake. It's like that an NFL draft. No, I said that. I don't think it matters unless we all are agreeing. And it we doesn't all matter. Do you want to trade draft picks? If it means that much to no. you as the host, no, you can no, have nice it. try. You, you can <laughs> have I'm it. the bigger man. No, I there right. was no I'll way we were it. getting out of that exercise <laughs> without controversy. Okay. Um, <laughs> first, uh, if I'm first, then. This is one I do think uh, other people would have taken at some point. I'm going Bears under six and a half as the very first All right. pick off the board. Uh, All right. Six and a half. That's more than a handful of teams out there. The Seahawks are at five and a half. Jets at five and a half. Falcons at five. Uh, Texans at four and a half. I, it's one of my truisms that it's really not that hard to win six or seven games in the NFL. You can kind of stumble into it, and the Bears have a pretty hell. The Falcons won seven, last right? Year. Soft schedule mm-hmm. out of the division, and, and that's part of the reason there. Some of their underlying analytics are okay. I don't care. Their, their starting left tackle is Braxton Jones. We we talked a lot about their wide receiver group that a, a few days ago that they're running out in Simba Webster, Chris Finke, and Isaiah Coulter. But that's not going to be the group in the season. I believe in Justin Fields. I believe a good outcome for this team would be five wins. Uh, I just look at Matt Eberflus, Flus as, Eberflus? as, as Colleen uh, let us know uh, it, he's called. And I don't see like a great track record of dominating success. I always look for that in my head coaches. Like, are you bringing something tangible to the table? Like tangible schematic success. And I don't know if I have that in Matt Eberflus. He's been like a totally good defensive coordinator, but not one that like stuck out to me as one of the five best in the league. And then you look at the, the roster and beyond the, defensive line with Quinn, who may or may not be on the team, or beyond Quinn on the defensive line, it gets really thin, really fast. They're excited about the secondary, but they're excited about second-round rookie picks like Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon being a huge part of that secondary. I just look up and down, and there isn't one part of this team that you can feel confident is better than average. And so to me, I think they have a better chance of being in the mix for the number one overall pick than they do of going over six and a half. Mm-hmm. You'll notice on this list, no one is below four and a half. And almost always, you know, there's a one, two, three, four lost teams. But so they're here. There's some real teams that are going to drop bombs this season. And I think the Bears are a safe bet. How about you, Mina, mm. number two overall pick? That was so negative that I feel like I have to do an over now. Well, like it, okay. I, I'm gonna yeah. go. I'm gonna go with the Saints at eight. Oh, I love it. Um, I figured Greg or uh, Sessler, Sessy would. I, I find what they did to the Saints insulting. And you're going Saints over. Over, eight. over, eight. over yeah, eight. yeah. To be clear, yeah. Um, here's the thing: you get to play the Bucks, or pardon me, the Falcons and the Panthers uh, a couple times there. Uh, this defense is still, I think, one of the five best defenses in the NFL is getting a little bit older. You are counting on some younger contributors, but the core is still in place. And then offensively, you know, for my own podcast, we do these division previews. And I took some time to rewatch Jameis Winston's starts from last year. I was higher on him after rewatching them. Mm. Uh, you know, at the time, I thought, eh, it's pretty conservative. You look at some of the deep passing metrics, they're not that great. I was looking at the end of the season before I went back and watched. But when I went back and watched, I thought he looked extremely sound fundamentally. I thought the wide receivers were much worse than I remembered. There were some pretty significant drops. And now you're bringing in 
Michael Thomas returning. I think people have forgotten how good he is. Good. Chris Olave, who's apparently lighting up training camp. Um, the offensive line is obviously a bit of a concern with um, perpetual fight starter Trevor Penning on the left side. Don't love that. <laughs> but right. otherwise, I think um, the like skill days players in a row he's been in fistfights. are so good. It seems like Alvin Kamara's suspension might be delayed as well. Yeah, his court um, date was moved back a month. So at, the, at the very least, he's safe for the yeah, beginning of the season. So that doesn't really know. affect the over-under or whatever. But um, I, I think this offense, you know, obviously the loss of Sean Payton is enormous and we'll see what Pete Carmichael who Pete Carmichael Carm- Carm- is I guess um, but did okay I, in that in that Sean Payton uh, season he was suspended we also did out. not want the did great actually seemed to yeah. shy away from more responsibility this offseason until they kind of made him stay as the play caller we're gonna see a lot of him on the sidelines a lot of sh- shots of him watching James Winston um uh, this offense was disgusting last year without Winston I don't know I just think the combination of an elite defense I do believe they're elite with a improved offense, that's that's better than eight. It should be. I was trying to figure this one out. It's a little confusing, and I think it was the out of division schedule for that division is challenging. Yeah, uh, that they play the AFC West and they play the NFC West because because uh, the, the the out of division schedules determine a lot of these numbers. But even then, they they were on my a, list of teams I wanted to throw out there as I over hate eight. Having to say this over and over again, but. Sean Payton's not there, and Jameis Winston's the quarterback. There's reason to doubt is not unfair around this team. Also. No, but they won nine last year, and they won 12 the year before. Okay. I know that was with Drew Brees, but that was like an older Drew Brees. And, and most – they have pretty good continuity. I mean, that's the thing. They've, they've kicked the can down the road financially, and they have good continuity. There's something about the Saints, just the way they're built, the way they operate. I mean, you mentioned the rest of the NFC South. They swept the Bucks last year, too. Right. They don't that, seem to have fear what's going on in Tampa Bay. And I, you know, Tampa Bay, I'm getting weird vibes from right now. So I just say, mm-hmm. I look at eight wins and I'm saying, like, that's disrespectful. So we're, okay. we're all kind of in on that. Mm. Feeling good? You like, you want, you'd like me to offer one. We don't get credit. I thought you were next, though, no? No, no. I am. Um, this may, this may, I, people may not like this, but I am banging the Houston Texans <sighs> for a 4.5 over. Okay. I mean, I, I just I had them on first my, of all, they're, they're list. on my list, and it's I don't need to dig deep into the roster because it's like I don't think it's a talented team necessarily, but I don't. I think Davis Mills, um, they stuck with him for a reason. I like that. I think guys like Nico Collins is going to make a big step up at wide receiver. They were absolutely bereft of talent last year, and it's not that they have so much more, but if you look at what they did down the stretch, they were they were a ghastly show for like the early part of the season. Then down the stretch. They beat the Titans. They came within three points of beating them again. They almost swept the Titans. They scored 41 points on them to beat the Chargers and knocked off the Jaguars. I'm just saying they improved. And I, I think that Lovey Smith is going to bring a steadying influence there. They won four games a year ago. This thing is saying they're only going to win 4.5. I'm going over. And I'm, I'm very confident about it. I like that. I feel like they're a team that's kind of sold out to win seven games and they totally could by just like adding a bunch of middle tier NFL players that can play football like a Malik Collins or they they add like Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes they just like imported the Bills old pass rush they're kind of not a young team I remember that really caught my eye on football outsiders like they have who are the oldest teams and youngest they're one of the older teams in the league so they actually have some promising rookies we'll see if that works out Damian Pierce we mentioned the other day sounds good uh at, at running back they might have some fun young players but they like feel like they'll they are the the like it's not that hard to win six games in the NFL uh, team for me this year. 
The uh, great hype around Nico Collins. Love this quote from Davis Mills. I don't think there's many people out there who can stop him. He's apparently had an awesome offseason. Whoa. Hello. My turn. It's a little aggressive. It is, but, you know, if if we're drinking the Kool-Aid, there's some more. (laughs) How about Texans as your first pick? That That was pretty bold. I wanted them, actually. They have the 29th hardest schedule in football. Hmm. Hardest schedule? Oh no, uh, 29th. So oh, okay, oh, right, so right, right, right. that's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I was okay. suddenly concerned with my, with my pick. Okay, yeah. 29th. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, we're bad at this. Math. Is something we kind of hit on a little bit a couple days ago. I'm gonna hit it on it again. I'm banging the over on the Patriots at eight and a half. Wow. Mm. I know there's a lot of doom and gloom around the Patriots these days because they're oh, wow. installing a new offense and this general idea that Matt Patricia is. Um, I'm gonna bring it back. A nincompoop. And, you know, he he's going to botch this thing and Joe Judge is involved. And I think a lot of people are having fun with all this. And again, missing the central part of all this is that Bill's still here. Bill Belichick is at the center of everything. And Mac Jones. Oh, by the way, this team, they won nine or ten games last year. Right? They won ten games. They won ten games last year with a rookie quarterback. Mac Jones dedicated his offseason to get into even better shape. And he, I think, is going to make a leap. I know you're going to say Josh McDaniels isn't there. And that's fair. But there's also a scenario where mentally he starts to get even more ramped up and the physical side, he improves and becomes like a legitimate quarterback with Bill Belichick. Stop me if you heard this before. And they, I think, are in the wild card race. I think nine, ten wins makes a lot of sense to me. So I'm banging the over because, come on, how many times have we counted out the Patriots before? I, I just Malmina's have one, I just, I, no, I just have one, that one question. Questioning. Yes. Is Jalen Mills the best outside cornerback on this roster? Okay. Not only right. that, but our, our old colleague, a man by the name of Evan <laughs> Le- Lazar, uh, who now writes oh, for Patriots.com. He is very good. Really good work. He did like a person-by-person like recap of training no camp. I saw. And he said, Jalen Mills is without a doubt the number one cornerback in this doubt. league. And, they, and I've seen that in multiple Ooh. places. And number two right now is a man named Terrence Mitchell, who, who the Texans did not bring back. So, yeah, is it going to be a work in progress? Yes. On offense, absolutely. On defense, perhaps. But many a people have busted out in this realm, this world of Vegas, thinking Bill Belichick can't now I, know. I like that you're good. Like you're, you've been you're pounding this point home about the Patriots You're always for weeks. high on the Patriots. It's a, some weird reverse uh, Jets you're, thing. You're, that... you're going for it. I like that. I, I, I'm, trying yeah, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of a quarterback that two months ago I felt as promising as I could about – Mac Jones, compared to the reporting around what's going on with that offense right now, it's like just distressing. So they maybe it all goes away. Do, but it is August. I mean, th- it's going to take time. But I think by the time you get to October, please don't be surprised when they they get to a softer portion of their schedule and all of a sudden they've won six of seven. Oh, I like, think, I think it happens. Play, I think player for player, you could look at this offensive roster and say this is the most talented offensive roster. What about you're making that the Patriots conversation. have had in about five years, which is like not sneaky, not that high a bar. I know they won a Super Bowl in that mix, but Reggie, just who are some been... of the making of the leap guys that you were wrestling with? Because you had to pick one, and they surprisingly have several guys to you that could make sure. That leap. Bar- Barmore is exciting. Mac Jones is certainly exciting. Your boy Josh Uche maybe will finally step up, Mina. I saw a Patriots reporter tweet something about. Um... Kendrick Bourne being used like Debo Samuel. Mm. It's intriguing. I mean, they're just trying to install this. Uh, 
to your point, though, uh, as a as a longtime uh, fan, obviously, they always do their best in the seasons where uh, there's the most negativity around them going into it. It's almost like clockwork. Well, they should win the and Super Bowl. They, and when they have a lot time. of hype, they generally don't do it. So much. this really this draft doesn't snake. So I'm going to pick last in the second round as well. Is that for something we're going to track standards? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. <laughs> let's say that the order came out where right. you it were mattered. No one <laughs> was taking the exact same. Like, pick. let's say I came in fourth. Right. Would you be like uh, the justice warrior that you are no, around this snake I'm, trap? I'm business? not a beta. I speak up for myself when I feel like oh, I'm being taken a lot advantage of. of. Beta talk. Wait, I'm just asking like, if you would be concerned <laughs> for other people if it were not just you in this situation. I, I'll, I'll give you my pick. You got to look out for the number one. If you want to switch spots, you can have. Don't you? No, don't. See, don't. Good soldier, me. Don't, I'm the bigger man, me. I'm just saying maybe it should snake to the Zeuser, but apparently there's pushback here. Greg, you're up. I was that fi- is an I was fine with that. What you were doing is absurd right you. now, by yeah. the way. Listen, I've said my piece. I'm going to go and I hate uh, – <laughs> mm, actually, no, I want to take this because I do think Mark might uh, – I'm going to go Eagles over nine and a half because mm. I don't want to go just like hard negative uh, twice in a row. Uh, you got in his head, me, and I like that. Yeah, I was not going there, but okay, nice job. I just know we're kind of both on the Eagles. A lot of people are on the Eagles. I think they might have started with a lower number, and it's now been up to nine and a half, which concerns me a little bit because you never want to be too uh, too far with the public. The Travis Kelsey injury this week actually reminded me of why I love the Eagles so much. Obviously, you don't want Travis Kelsey to go undergo surgery. Uh, but you do have a second-round pick everyone loved, and Cam Jurgens like, right there to step mm. on. And that, to me, is the story of the Eagles roster. It's like they kind of found a number one receiver finally in Devonta Smith, and, oh, let's go add another. We have a, a promising uh, – second-year defensive tackle who most teams would love to like really like pump up in Milton Williams. Oh, let's go get Jordan Davis. We still have Fletcher Cox. We let we get Reddick in free agency. We still have Josh Sweat under contract. Oh, by the way, like somehow Brandon Graham and Nick Barnett are still there. Uh, they just like have so much. Even Hurts, like if Hurts gets, gets injured. Hurts. You have uh, Gardner Minshew. It's like just so much depth where they can survive, and they're out of division schedule for this entire division, which is why all the NFC East over-unders are inflated, is just tasty. You play the AFC South. You play, uh, obviously, your in-division games, and you play the NFC North. I love that out-of-division schedule. I am banging that over of nine and a half. (laughs) All right. Is Cam Cam Jurgens a... The center who got walked back by Jordan Davis in I that mean, viral. No, no, I don't. Who's I just, not going to get yeah, walked back? No, no, no. But on the flip side, Jordan Davis, who's obviously go- more likely to right. have to contribute immediately, looks freaking amazing. And they say Kelsey is kind of. Uh, it sounds like fifty-fifty, maybe for I'm, week one. That's. I'm that. sure it's fine. I love. I like the Eagles. I had them on my list. I've just. But that's the thing. Like, you're going to have injuries, and and they certainly yeah. have, especially for whatever reason over the years. Not as bad last year. Um, but it's it, like linebacker too, Kaiser White, I, who you, I remember you shot me down um, for giving him some pop on your podcast, ouch. Mina. And then I was reading the Football Outsiders. Uh, all why, why do you need to do that, Greg? Well, because it just reminded me what of a score I need to settle. Kaiser White. That one of the most underrated signings of the offseason, yeah. top six in Nailed success it, rate and yards well, per pass allowed. But it's like him and Nicobe Dean, a nice little combo. Let's Greg check, settling check back in on scores that. over let's, here. Let's check, let's check big <laughs> back in on that. This reminded me, I just like read that. I was like, should I take a 
picture of this and send it Mina, to Mina? No. Do you now know why you're on no. the show today? Yeah. Greg just wanted to get that point out. He was waiting for the perfect time <laughs> to get his it. revenge. It's like uber Machiavellian. Well, now, <laughs> right. now I want to take the Giants just to reference Daniel Jones making Greg's making the leap list uh, okay. years ago. That's seven no, wins. No, no, I'm not doing it. That's I, that would enough. be okay. solely if I was just actually, using these picks to, to be settle fair, scores. It's more embarrassing. That was just like a totally separate <laughs> Oh no! get ready for Drew, Daniel Jones and Drew Locke, Drew Locke column. Was, that was worse. So that was worse. We tried to we try to help Greg with that one. He just um, wouldn't listen. All right. Got to take some else. I'm oh, I'm gonna bang, bungle bungle mangle this quote. I'm going one ass cheek and three toes in. Oh, yeah. You have taken what I, I am do. taking the Lions. All over, right. Over. There you go. Six point five over. Seven um, or more wins for the Detroit Lions three and fourteen okay. a year ago. They get in the like uh, the infamous hard knocks bump. You watch that show and you're always higher <laughs> on the team. Is it happening for me and So I have to apologize because I um teased you guys. So the Houston Texans actually have a very hard schedule. So <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. Well, I, I still, I, they're still winning five yeah, I, games, though. I'm using though. the sharp football, which actually aligns pretty well with the Football Outsiders projection. They've got the Lions as the, the fifth easiest All right. schedule. It's always hard. Hardest, easy. You know, yep, right, that's the rankings, yeah. Um Okay. I think out, outside of Jared Guff, I love everything about this offensive depth chart. I think they have the one of the best offensive lines in football. They're healthy. Battled some injuries last year. Uh, they've got nice depth there. I think the wide receiver group, whenever Jameson Williams comes back, is such a fun. It's like a such a complimentary group. With you've got, you know, Chark as the the, the X, the big bodied pass catcher. You've got Williams stretching the field as the Z. You've got Amon Ross St. Brown working underneath. You know, um, and even without um, Williams, by the way, I thought. Goff flashed some really nice chemistry with Josh Reynolds, who knows from the Rams days. They figured out about partway during the season that um, they wanted a different. They wanted they Campbell took over play calling, but um, this season uh, Ben Tom, Thomas is the name Thompson or Thomas, the tight ends coach. Ben Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Johnson. Anyway, so he's going to play call the plays, and I think that worked out pretty well for them towards the end of the season. I don't love the defense. I think there's still a lot of holes, particularly in the secondary, but I think this front has the potential, particularly defensive line with the aforementioned Charisma King, Aiden Hutchinson. Mm. Um, Now suddenly you've got got actual edge rush depth. Charles Harris has another good year. You've got the Okwaras, the kid from Kentucky, Josh Pascal. So... I don't know. I I, I like Lim McNeil on the inside. I just think... I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I just think they're going to win some games. Look at the schedule for the Lions down at near the end of the season. Let's say they're a little bit under where you want them to be. They have the Jaguars, the Jets, the Panthers, the Bears. They have the Bears twice. Hmm. They're they're better than these teams. That's as probably as the easiest stretch as any any team has all year. And and if you're ever going to construct a team that Jared Goff could succeed on, obviously like a few, you know a few more established weapons that he's played with. This might be the best offensive line in football. And when I saw that, like, I was reading all the beat writer reports and, like, the defense is destroying the offense everywhere except for Detroit, where, like, Jared Goff is, like, lighting them up and hasn't been touched. And I'm like, okay, that's the offensive line. Maybe it worries you a little bit about their defense, but that's what do we know about Jared Goff. If he's comfortable, he's not bad. If he's not comfortable, he is very bad. I like but, that he wasn't even on Hard Knocks. They like literally barely even. Showed they don't his need him face. to be. No, they don't he's, need, he's also so been many. on Hard Knocks like forty-seven this times. This is the fourth time he's on a major NFL Films documentary program, <laughs> and that's a wild thing considering what he brings to the 
proceedings. Anyway, um, DJ Chark, I know we mentioned that as well. They've been flashing uh, throughout training camp the chemistry between mm. Goff and DJ. Uh, all right. Who's up? Mark, you're up. I am. Uh, well, first of all, I was so excited about picking the Lions, so I'm not, mm. I don't love that what just hurts. happened there. I knew somebody would take the Lions. Taking them first. It was Mina Kimes. I think for all the reasons that Mina pointed, it's just a great pick. I'm going Washington Commanders under eight wins. I find this absurd. I don't think this is a terrible absurd. football team, but <laughs> I, I, for me, I think that the Carson Wentz experiment is already um, off to a weird start. I don't love this. As we all know, decided to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. Can, can well, I just we'll say, see when you, they start to. You call, it, you call it absurd, but you also say they're not that bad. Eight wins, that feels like that's a land that they can well, live I would, in. I would, it would say that sense. some of the um, the choices are are diminishing here in terms of what I'm... What no, I, tell me about it. I, I know. Old what are you talking about? Zeus, You've got like literally almost any option. I, I just had like seven or eight that I was like You, also could, you could just on, so. disagree. We could have a, like a lock-off type of... I didn't even look too. at it that way. That's yeah, interesting. We could do that. Uh, oh no, I don't feel. You confident. stole my pick. Yeah. I actually, I was that was that was what I had slated as my second pick, and then Amina got in my head about being too negative. I think Commanders <laughs> under eight's beautiful. I'm listening. Like yeah, it's a, it just stands out to me. It's like I could totally see them having a five-win season that is Couldn't very Couldn't they have the number one overall induced. pick? I mean, sure. their defense was worse than their offense last year by a decent amount, and I know they had injuries, and they. They have the personnel up front to certainly bounce back and be average-ish on defense, but there's not much reason to think that either that the offense would be close to average. And everybody hates Carson Wentz, so I get it. Um, and he certainly is not someone that's exciting to watch. But, you know, he had uh, stretches last year where he was perfectly acceptable, I thought, as a starting quarterback before things collapsed. I, I just think in that division – and we got to take a break because I think this will tie together. Let's take a break real quick and then finish things up with Mina Kimes. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. game. <laughs> now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. All right, welcome back. Washington Commanders, we're just talking about it, Mark. I'm going to take the under on the Dallas Cowboys. I love it. Wow. Um, I love it. Because I think these teams are all pretty close together, especially I'd, I wasn't confident enough to hit the over on the Giants, but I think the Giants will be better this season. I think I could see the Cowboys coming down, the Eagles coming up, and the Washington just kind of hanging around in the middle. And I could see this being one of those divisions where, you know, 10 – wins nine could even win and I just think the Cowboys with their wide receiver concerns with that offensive line I want to see if Dak is going to be all the way back to Dak and the guy that he was before the injury the Mike McCarthy drama I know they're trying to downplay it but you know what if they get off to a slow start and I'm looking at their schedule if they can get to the bye in week nine in good shape I'll be in trouble on this uh, because they got Tampa, Cincinnati on the road at home to start the season at Giants, home Washington, at Rams, at Philly, home Detroit, home Chicago. If they can get out of those eight games at like five and three, things soften up and yeah, they can get uh, to 10 and maybe even 11. But I see them coming out of the gate a little bit slow and I see this team eight or nine wins. Hmm. Um, Who's winning this division in your mind? The Eagles? I I mean, in the power rankings, I have the Cowboys and Eagles right next to each other. So I had the Cowboys ahead, but at the same time, it would not surprise me if somebody else sneaks up and takes this. I worry about the teams where defense leads the way, and I and weirdly, that's the Cowboys this year. But that, yeah, on paper, the defense has a real chance to be a top five defense. You know, number one, they were top five a year ago. Mm. And and Demarcus Lawrence, you get a full season out of him. The secondary doesn't look amazing on paper, but there is crazy continuity and youth on the defense, which is not a bad combination. Yeah. Very few teams have that. Uh, I love the Anthony Barr signing, if only because like it indicates that they want to use Michael Parsons more as a pass rusher. I, I think that's sort of what that's about. Like it, It's a really nice defense on paper, Plus Dak Prescott is feels like 10 to me feels like the right number. And with the easy schedule, I'd probably go over if I had to choose. But but I, I don't feel strong. I'm with you on the under. I and I, I've got wavered between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Who's going to win the division? It's roster versus quarterback. Right. But a couple things about the Cowboys that are concerning. Obviously, the wide receiver depth is just a massive issue with this team. It's been gotten more and more massive. Um <sighs> I don't know if I'm hopping off the Kellen Moore bandwagon, but I feel like he hasn't mm. shown that sort of ability to make adjustment. I, I, I worry. I look at this roster and I and I wonder, okay, what is this offense going to look like now as they've lost talent? And then on the other side of the football, the, the defense was really good last year, but if you kind of dig through the numbers, they are a prime regression candidate. So dependent on turnovers, um, gave up big plays, but made big plays. They do have the potential to have one of the best pass rushes in the league, and I'm very excited to see how Micah Parsons is used this year. But behind them, I don't know. It just, 
I don't think they're going. I still think they're going to be good. I just don't think they're going to be one of the five best defenses in the NFL again. Can't you see this season going sideways for them too? Doesn't it's like every, one of those it's like every other season seems yeah. to go sideways for the Cowboys. But if you look at their schedule, I think you're going to be right up against it. The, it's they, going to be they'll be close. I yeah. don't think they're going to crater. But I also I don't think this is a 12 and five team either. I, I think I think nine wins is going to be it. Uh, all right, you want to do one more real quick, kind of like a speed round, and then wrap things up. Okay, um, I'm glad. Uh, I'm I'm annoyed you took the Commanders, but I did have like four. Picks I really liked a lot, and so my last one uh, is Chiefs over ten and a half. Ooh. I mean, this isn't that complicated. They uh, with Patrick Mahomes. Here's their win totals: 12, 12, 14, and twelve. And that's also a Tyree Kill, by the way. It absolutely is, and I and I obviously that's the big negative here. Uh, but I think they have some positives that they didn't have in some of those years. Number one is I have a feeling the pass rush might be significantly better than this year. I'm sort of buying the Frank Clark rejuvenation hype after giving them absolutely nothing. Uh, Karloftis and then Dunlop as like your third guy like that. That's better. And then it's the best offensive line I think they've had uh, in that time. And I'm just not overthinking it too much. I, I think that over 10 and a half is an, in, is an easy one. All right. Mina, give us one. I had two one overs, more. so I'm going to go an under. I feel bad because I feel like people think I have a beef with this team and I don't. I have a beef with their social account. Is it the Titans? It's the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, the Cardinals. You took mine again. Um, okay, so basically they're at eight and a half. So it's it's are they going to have a you know a winning season or a losing season is kind of what's on the line here. Um, I think they're the third best team in the division, pretty clearly. The Hopkins in- suspension is absolutely brutal for them. Mm. We've seen what Cliff Kingsbury has done uh, without DeAndre Hopkins. It has not been great. Uh, and then defensively, oh my God, have you guys looked at this defensive depth chart lately? Up front, it's not great, man. I mean, maybe they're going to figure... I've been reading the reports about them using Isaiah Simmons more as a safety, you know, and and just giving him that assigned role. Maybe that gets him on the field more. Maybe... I mean, Marcus Golden is the best edge rusher they have right now. Uh, J.J. Watt, I thought, was actually pretty good when healthy, but God, this is... It is... And look, Vance Joseph has been excellent at putting something together out of. It's asking a lot of Vance. It's a, it's a lot. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't think they have the depth on that side of the ball. I feel like we agree. We all agree too much. If you had it next, it was on my you know medium list for sure. Yeah. Uh, Mark, your last one. I hope you pick one of the two that I'm wrestling with, so it makes it easier for me. Let's see what happens. I am going Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. Uh, Ten wins. I'm taking the over. I mean, it starts with Justin Herbert. It starts with everything that's around Justin Herbert. I love Uh the idea that Zion Johnson has been dominant at right guard, their rookie, their first round pick. I look at the defense and what they've added. It's it's not just Khalil Mack. It's J.C. Jackson, mm. and you've got Derwin James. And I truly think that Brandon Staley came out of last season um, extremely agitated with how the defense just sort of crumbled. And I think they've got a they've got a plan. I love this coach. I love the quarterback. I think they're going to flat out win the division. Mm. I mean, eleven. The Chargers, who eternally let us down. I mean, not did, impossible. Didn't, with he, have a, didn't he have a plan season. last year? I I think they. I don't. I think, I that think they, you're higher on Staley. I, I think than that me. what they found, what what they added on defense, allows Brandon Staley to it, ex- basically fulfill his vision. If it doesn't happen this year, I'd have big questions about him. But I don't understand why anyone's down on Brandon Staley. People are going to put out projections with like three AFC West teams all winning in a, a mathematically impossible number right. of games. Right. It's one of the one or two of these teams is going to have to be a big letdown. But to me, that's the fact that they're only separated by half a game. With uh, the the Chiefs are only half a game different than the Broncos and the Chargers. Like, 
that that seems like value to me. Whereas the the Chiefs, I'm taking them more uh, and more than a half a game better than those. And two to be teams. clear, I'm not down on Staley. I just don't know if I I see him as a difference maker yet. I don't I don't know if there's enough evidence for that. Post that on social, and you're going to get the Chargers jersey. With, you're with right. No name. Well, you know, I've the the machine is starting to work. <laughs> there is there is another option. Um, we could save this, uh, but yeah, let's save. Because okay. your your fandom is something very interesting, but also a sensitive subject on this podcast. But let's it will come up naturally later. We gotta we gotta get out of here. Okay. But I got something. All right. Well, I'm excited for the future. Uh, the last one for me, and I was stunned that it was still out there. Um, but I'm not gonna do Ravens over. I think they're gonna win that division, and I think nine and a half is something you could live with. Mm. But uh, I can see them as ten or eleven. But I'm gonna go with the Bills. They're number one in my power rankings. Eleven and a half is a huge number, but I just I'm I'm just gonna buy in and say everything that they've done, everything they've been building to, is a truly huge season coming up. And barring a uh, major injury or injuries or some other issues, I know Brian Dayball's not there, and you could choose to dig in there if you want on the offensive side of the ball. I'm gonna go with that. It, it does come together. They are by far the best team in that division. So they're going to beat up on the AFC East, take care of business elsewhere, and they're going to win. They'll go 12 and 5, 13 and 4. Um, and let's somebody's got to have the monster record. Why not them, Mina Kimes? I like it as a Patriots hedge. Mm. Ooh, that's yeah, nice. you yeah. did go yeah. over. A 40 truth. chest. They yeah, only had 10 last uh, year, which you sort of forget. Not 40 chest. They only won 10 games last year. <laughs> they did uh, sit their starters in week 18, so that was part of that 10 win. So right, they had some they've buffy, had hiccups, yeah. but on paper, yeah, you're right. I think the uh, this is one of those the offseason's too long that uh, – at least I felt like exactly. of course, I was like, yeah. this this is the best team in the NFL. You felt that in May. And now it's just like feels too boring to go with. There's going to be a, a juggernaut sense. or two. And I'm I'm picking the Bills confidently as one of those. That's why I, I know weird... was next on my list was Seahawks over five and a half. Didn't get that in there. But I did, on, yeah. that seemed crazy to me. I maybe I should have gone with that. But that man, Pete Carroll's not losing. <laughs> Pete Carroll's not losing 12 games. I think the CX defense is going to be better than people expect. The That's offense. I, yeah, let's ask me about that. What is your feeling about the way they're handling the entire quarterback situation, even going back to the decision to move Russ and to where <laughs> we much, are right now? How much time now. we have left? Yeah, it's just, up to you. Yeah. Sensitive subject. Um, we'll, give you, we'll give you the floor, a little okay. monologue here. Uh, the optimistic interpretation that I find myself sometimes leaning towards is that the organization is actually pretty self-aware about where they are they're going for the old, the halfway rebuild, the old we're going to retool on the fly, take this year off with the quarterback, get a quarterback next year, get some cap space cleared, use our picks to improve at premium positions like offensive line, edge rusher corner. So I like all of that. Um, they seem at least more self-aware than certainly some other teams, I think, that actually did go all in on mm. getting some mediocre quarterbacks. Um, that said, it's not going to be fun to watch this year. And this is always yeah. the question, right? Which is like, do Glory. we want our teams to be smart or fun? Um, I'm, I, I think the defense will be interesting. I like the coaching changes that they've made. Brought in a lot of really smart guys on that side of the football. Carl Scott, Sean Desai, Clint Hurts elevated uh, as defensive coordinator. So I'm curious to see how that looks. But you know, if they don't get a good quarterback next year, it'll all be for naught. That's the X factor. Would you have wanted, for the fun angle, I'm not saying this is uh, would have completely solved your problems, would you have wanted Baker Mayfield? I mean, I know there was a, it was a candidate. Um, well, so that would have been, you know, I think they would have been like the Panthers, frankly. It's like, okay, well, this is a team that's... If the Seahawks had Baker Mayfield, I think we would be talking about them as a fringe wildcard candidate. 
uh, wild card team. And, you know, it, this it, got, it goes back to the smart versus fun. Like, do I want to have more fun watching this team this season or do I want them to do what is probably the right thing to do for the long term? Um, I, 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 Increasingly, maybe it's just me having fewer years on this earth. I lean more towards let's be fun and you never know what's going to happen with draft picks and whatnot. Because being um, doing the smart thing is nice, and it's also a nice way for the for yeah. people to argue for the Seahawks and what they're doing right now. But you just said it like that. There's no guarantee well, that they get the quarterback, and teams have spent 20 years looking for that person. And even if you win like two or three more games with Baker Mayfield, you can still put something together, go crazy next year. We see teams do that time and time again. Tanking is pretty stupid in the NFL, frankly. Uh, I do. I, I wish they had taken a flyer on one of the rookies just because there was so much value there, like a Malik Willis or. A Desmond Ritter or whatever, just to have some, you know, a developmental prospect. I think teams should generally do that, and I don't know why they don't do it more often. Now, maybe it won't be fun for you, but if we're in week twelve <laughs> or eleven, and they're five and five, and Gino oh, is God. directing like go. a run-heavy, like ugly sort of cab? like nineteen to, <laughs> you know, they're winning games nineteen to seventeen, and or maybe they're six and five. Let's give them a winning record. Like Pete Carroll is gonna be having fun. I'm gonna be having fun watching this. <laughs> I think Pete Carroll's like dream in the world is to go nine and eight with this team with like a, and I could absolutely see that happening with the defensive talent and the running game that they have, and at least like the the weapons on the outside. If the like rookie tackles work out, you I can absolutely see them winning nine games and Pete Carroll like loving life. That division. And maybe a certain segment of the Seahawks fan base actually sort of loving this sort of weird type of Basically the pre-Russell Wilson Seahawks. Well. I mean, uh, like with with Pete Carroll, they – Beastquake and all that other business. Having low expectations and having them mildly <sighs> exceeded is way more fun than having right. high expectations and being disappointed. Right. So I'm, I'm, I can live in this you, space. Just like ugly games. I wish I had taken Their numbers that as five my, and a half. I wish I had taken that. And well, you see them as nine. Yeah, they were. They were yeah. next on my I, list. I, I they were in to my take top them, five. But I didn't want to look like a homer. They were in my I, top five. Same. Same. Yeah. Same. Can I, um, uh, can I throw some rapid fire ones at you and you all just go around say over under no explanation but just to hit a few more teams. Depends what rapid fire means. Yeah. Do four. We'll each do it. All right, go yeah. ahead. Mark, start with you. Oh, I was going to throw out 49ers 10 wins over under. Over. Next. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that to me was wow. like, okay, that's the right number. Yeah. Colts 10 wins. Greg. I mean, that's another one that just felt like the right number. I'd go over if I had to. Raiders 8.5. I'll bang the over on that. Dolphins 9 wins. That, they were on my Tough. really long this list. Is, this, this, is yeah, this is for me. I got, I got under. Uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't feel great about it. But. Good, good rapid That's fire. That's a tough one. Good job. That's tough. How about the Titans, Gravedigger? Where are we at on your Titans? You're, by the way, are all fired up at the old Zeuser over the oh, Power yeah. and Traylon Burks? Like, calm down. I know. I'm not, I'm not making those reports. I'm citing reports. So what happened from- was NBC Sports Edge picked up a tweet from actually my Roto buddy. World. Yeah, Roto World, whatever they are now, um, picked up a tweet where somebody at Titans camp said that Traylon Burks had caught a few passes with the second and third team quarterbacks and messed up one route assignment. And they reported that Burks is only working with the second and third teams and doesn't know where to line up and all this. It became a huge thing on Titans Twitter. this is what's exhausting about the Titans fans. And I love you guys, all the listeners, but... You can't just chill. I have people coming in my mentions like, all right, Titans Nation, let's get this guy because he's incompetent. It's like, chill. Chill. Is Don't get so mad. Is this why you tried to insinuate that I was beefing with the Titans? I thought that because they're kind of a sensitive fan base. They're one of the sensitive fan bases that maybe they were coming after you. That's what annoys them when you say that. Yeah. 
Well, when you say they're sensitive, so sensitive, then, then, sensitive then, then it, it proves self, to be true, yeah, but it's just like that. You want to yeah. sound that, uh, you yeah. know, uh, positive. Mina Kimes. Uh, what is your, what's the over-under for the Titans? Nine wins. Where are I you? would say over just because Mike Vrabel, I mean, I'm biased, obviously. Yeah. Mike Vrabel, though, has never been worse than nine and seven, and neither has John Robinson going back to 2016. I didn't consider them just because we talk about the Titans I, now I like, so much. We've overcorrected so, so hard. A lot that of they, Titans talk on this podcast. More than I, any I, team, perhaps. Unlike the Geno Smith topic, which doesn't come up <laughs> right. other than four times a show. Sean Kelly, Eagles over, under, nine and a half. Oh, come on. Here we go. Yeah, that's going to be an over. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Greg. Thanks for the over pick. Definitely an over there. I mean, just Amina was talking about earlier, just like packing that lineup and the way that there's Where's always the Kelly like an cam? option. The Kelly Cam. Oh, it's coming in. Let me bring that it's up. Too late. It's no, too late. we're in it. We're in. Uh, we're in. Yeah. Um, no, it's just they have so many players that they've been like the pickups this past season. Just right. beefing right, up everything. It up. It's okay. great. Okay. Over. Okay. Keep it going. Good, good, good. All right. Amina Kimes. You've said it all. Wrap it up. And listen, um, <laughs> Mina, we, we don't have a yacht that we can invite you to. Uh, and this is certainly not a negotiation that you're in the building today, but uh, this is for you. Oh, wow. wow. He's handing over a... Oh, I took a, that off someone's desk. An NFL room, Network hat. But it's never been worn. And uh, if you want to take that as a, a gift, that's all it is. It's Some not a... mess backing. You're not tampering. I'm are, not you, tampering. are you allowed to wear an NFL Network garb? Oh, God. I was going to put it on unthinkingly. Oh, I mean, you're allowed. caused a little minor controversy there. Let's, uh, let's just say that was a personal gift and nothing more. And when is your contract expired? All right, Stephen Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Mina, thank you so much for joining us. You know where to find Mina on ESPN, the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, all the other good stuff. Uh, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, and we'll be back. What is today? Wednesday? Yes. We'll be back tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah. We're mixing up the schedule with another show, so make sure to join us. Check out the Hard Knocks podcast. Uh, until then, you know what you got to do. Be the call. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.